uh, as much respect as possible because of the stresses that they're going on, going through as well. So uh, I think that's one of the biggest issues that's happening right now is that they're they're at an unprecedented unprecedented um, level of stress because of things that are surrounding them with uh, their counterparts who who aren't black. Uh, they're under the pressure of do I stick with the police code where I cover for them when they're doing something wrong, uh, knowing that if I go against it, I'm going to be terminated or I'm going to be blackballed. So there are so many different levels of scrutiny and uh, things that they go through that we in, in the African-American community, uh, it's important for us to, to lighten that load and the interactions that we have are not only respectful, but they're very courteous when we do have the interaction. Well, you know, one thing that I have noticed, you know, from even from growing back up, growing up back in the day, the connection between the black communities and police has really is there is no existence anymore. You know, especially with today, you have social media, you have people who are disrespecting law enforcement officers and vice versa, you know, officers disrespecting people of color, you know, who haven't done anything. So where where can we mend this, have this fence mended? Uh, I mean, it, it seems like it, it's eroded so much, there is no, no going back to, you know, a community police. Because most of the police officers who patrol those areas are not part of that community, which is a big problem. Right, and and a, a, the 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 major issue is that there's no understanding, there's no there's no communication any longer. Uh, so with the loss of communication, there's loss of understanding. You can't you can't understand until you communicate, and that's one of the biggest issues that we're having now, not only in our community but with with law enforcement as a whole. Yes, um, and. The communication is not only lost, but, you know, and on the flip side, it, it takes a lot for those officers. They need to they need to start to get to the point where they make an honest effort to try to understand, you know, and not feel that everything that they do is questioned or they're challenged. So that's one of the, I think that's the first step is to get the communication back. Uh, once that communication back, then let's seek a, a a common ground to where we can get that that level of understanding. Once we get that level of understanding, then there's some positive things that can be done and and move forward to to make the communities better, to make the law enforcement job easier. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I just have I just I, I have hope that we can get to that point again and in society where we can talk and not, you know, talk to each other, not talk at, at each, each other. other. Right. Um, so there's just so many different things with so many downfalls that uh, levels of, of failure and it all starts with the communication part. Right. And and, and you think about which, what we have today is the, the tools for communicating. We got our phones, we got our computers, you know, we got, social media all platforms 
everybody's talking, just like you said, but nobody is listening. You know what I mean? And it's it's just gotten to the point, you know, we see it in everyday life from from uh, from sports to law enforcement to what's going on in politics. And it, it kind of all ties together. And the level of disrespect amongst each other, you know, there's so many, so many issues that are being fought on the forefront and everybody wants everybody wants uh their own agenda handled now and i guess that does boil down to like what you said there's so much stress on law enforcement agencies like you know gosh what do i do you you know so but for them so you're absolutely right and uh excuse me for cutting off but if if you look at it you know there's something wrong with society where uh where a unit like these five former uh, Memphis police officers mm-hmm. uh, were in this unit. There's something wrong with society when we have to have a specialized street crime unit. Yes, you and, know, right. And so, we had that. So, right. And it was in Atlanta the, too. To, <laughs> Remember the Red Dog unit out in Atlanta? Basically, it was the same thing. Right. So, so <laughs> what? What my what my thought is is. The first thing that we have to do is we have to get back into, you know, and these and these so-called community leaders, we have to get back in and we have to re- rebuild our homes, our families, because that's where the issues start. They yes. don't start. They don't. The issues don't start when when they're twelve and thirteen and fourteen years old. Mm-hmm. These issues start. These issues start when they're young. With right. What they see. What they see in in, in in the family, the family, the, the family dynamic, is what is creating the issues that we have today. And you made a point about the, the the ways that we have to communicate. Those ways that we have to communicate are failing us because they're being used in such a negative manner. Yes, they're being used to to demonize as opposed to uplift people. Right. You know, uh, because prime you, example, you, prime example, just recently. You know, with this, this, uh, the Caitlin Clark and Angel Reese thing. Yes. You know, you have two young women, you know, they're competing, and all of a sudden, this turns into a black white thing, and where it should, they should, instead of celebrating these two young, these two, uh, competitive women, mm-hmm. it turned into a situation where it was, it was a racial issue that it shouldn't have been. Right. So, our means of communicating with each other are turning into something that is really demonizing each other and it's it's actually tearing society apart. Right. But you know, we're going back to the to the to Mr. Nichols getting as, uh, assaulted by these police officers, but when you get to the point, you know, all five of them are grown men. When you get to the point where you see one of your fellow officers beaten on a individual so it's just so horrific why not why didn't any any of you in these guys step in and just say hey this is enough you got your body cam on you know all this is going on but they continue continuously just beat on this young man and i i i get what you're saying about the daily stress of being a law law enforcement officer just like you i have family that are uh policemen but for 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 that to happen 
and you stand there and watch and then you jump in. Where does that come from? When when does common sense step in and say, hey, let's stop this, you know, contain the guy and you know manage the situation? Is that poor is that poor training? No, what it is, I, in my opinion, so first of all, for them to con- for them to conduct themselves in the manner in which they did, there's, there's two things that tell me about that. Number one, it wasn't the first time. Right. It wasn't the first time. That's number one. Number two, there's a failure in training and a failure in accountability because it wasn't the first time. So they feel more, they, they're more loyal to each other than they are the rule of law. Okay. And that's, and that's, and that's where I think a major failure. So, and, uh, nothing against all my brothers in, uh, uh, Omega sci-fi, mm-hmm. but you know, with, with, what was it? Three or four of the guys were, uh, uh, were Omega sci-fi members. Uh-huh. So there, there's another dynamic of it in which, there's a creed in which they hold a, an obligation to each other. So, I mean, there's a there was a lot of dynamics that was added to uh, to the Mister Nichols incident, uh-huh. and it's very unfortunate that 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 those things balled up and made the perfect storm. It's just, it was, you know now you know that now that we're talking about it, it, it was just a. It was just a sad situation, and um, I haven't heard anything else going on. I know they had their initial hearing, the officers, and several more were fired. But so, what is the outcome going to be? What do you, What do you think? What, in your professional opinion, what do you think in is going to happen? In my professional opinion, they're going to be held accountable. They have to be held accountable because you know, unlike if you look at if you look at the unprecedented things that happened, number one, it, it, it was it's truly unheard of for the police to be brought to justice that fast. Right. I, I mean, if you think about all the things that have happened many, many times ago to uh, to men of color, you know, go back to Eric Garner. Go back to I mean, there's so many. Look, look at yeah. look at how long. It took uh, for Trayvon Martin to get some justice. And he still didn't get justice. No, right. He still didn't. Right. right. So my point is that they it took so long for them to, to either get the court or even someone get in front of a judge. But this was unprecedented. And the thing that was unprecedented about it, and I think a lot of people are overlooking, is that you had a black police chief. Mm-hmm. She had to take action. Right. She had she had to take action. The the DA it had to, because it couldn't it couldn't appear it couldn't there couldn't have been a perception that what we in the black community has fought and talked about so many so many times about cover ups. Mm-hmm. Now that people of color were in the position to make things happen, they had to make it happen. <laughs> so it happened fast, right? And I think what's going to happen. I, pers- I my, my professor me, I think they're going to go to jail. Right. I, I think there's going to be some type, some type of plea agreement's going to be made. 
Uh, they'll be they'll do some time, but they won't do the time that they should yet. So you you don't foresee any murder charges? No, no. Yeah, I I I I was thinking the same thing. Uh, I can see maybe manslaughter on a lesser degree or something like that, but just plain murder murder. Right. I, I I don't because, see that either. Because there's so there's so <laughs> many things that comes with a murder charge. Mm-hmm. You have to have intent. You know, they have to you have to prove intent, which is hard when you you know. Uh, now, one of the gentlemen, you know, the gentleman who uh, Mr. Nichols was dating his uh, his ex girlfriend. Yeah. You know that that could have been you know that that could be a sign, but for all four for the other four gentlemen to come in uh, come into agreement and say let's kill him, I don't think that was the intent. So I think murder charge murder would be a hard charge to prove. Right. Uh there 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 could be uh lesser uh lesser charges that are that are easily uh or easier to prove and to get them uh, uh held accountable yeah. for. But I don't see any major, major uh murder charges, you know, life in pr- I don't see that. I think there's gonna be a negotiated uh, prison sentence. At least a one, at least for a couple of guys mm-hmm. uh, will agree to come up and say, "Hey, look, you know, it was not our intent. You know, this is what the unit was supposed to happen." And, and a lot of things that get exposed, not only about the unit, but then they'll they'll um, they'll get they'll get some time. They'll get significant time, but not not what um, what we think would be justice. Oh, okay, okay. So let's. Uh, fast forward the clock to what recently just happened yesterday. Okay, last week there was a mass shooting in Nashville. Of course, there's been mass shootings all over the country. Um, so six people were killed, three young people and three adults, and so so many more injured. And the Republican Party of Tennessee, the, the House, um, their 75 members or whatever, decided to expel expel two of the black, young black uh, representatives, and they left the one white lady. And, you know, of course, racism plays a part in it. And what is your opinion on this? Was it, do you feel it was racially motivated for them to be uh, expelled from their seats? And the thing to me is, they were voted in by the people who wanted them there. So how does one, they take up a, a, a quick vote without even going through the ethics rules or whatever and just expel them? Right. So the, the, do I, uh, to answer your first question, do I think it was racially motivated? No doubt. And the reason I think it was racially motivated, I don't think it was racially motivated towards them and, uh, towards those two, uh, in the, those two representatives, I think it was racially motivated because they needed to get them out of the way because they, with them out of the way, and they give them an opportunity to gerrymander, you know, the, the, yes, the yes, way that those votes and those votes are, uh, divided within the communities of which they represented. So it, was it racially motivated? Yes, it was racially motivated to maintain power, but not at those two representatives per se. So uh-huh. 
because they those two representatives who were black represented Memphis and another part of Tennessee uh-huh. that were that held the highest uh voting voter, uh, voters of minorities. So uh the highest percentage per uh per capita, per capita for 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 minorities. So with that being said, in order for them to maintain uh control, they you know you have to get rid of this you have to get rid of the one that are riling these people up and uh you have to demonize them to a certain extent to where you can get those votes. You can get you can get control of how the votes will be Casted. Right. That's it's divide those divide them up into a more heavily populated uh uh white area uh-huh. or is you know there there's ways that they have it that was well calculated and and the rules of the quorum for the house uh, of representatives whether it's the state or whether it's at a federal level it's it's very high but those rules are only being enacted when it benefits the ones who need the power. Right, because that's what DeSantis did up here in the Tallahassee area. He got rid of two seats, which gave them the majority, put two more Senate seats from Florida, you know, which gave them help get the majority. So, like you said, it's well calculated. And, you know, raw emotion is good, especially when it comes to, you know, the murder of young children. But sometimes I think we have to sit back and wait and see what the big picture is and which you just stated is the big picture where they still have control. Right. And so to put things in perspective, to put things in perspective, this right here, when when 9-11 happened, okay, when 9-11 happened, what 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 happened at every airport? Right, you had to take your shoes off. Right, you had to take, you know, all of those things. And I'm gonna push it back a little further. Go back into the early '80s, mid '80s, uh, mid '80s, late uh, towards the late '80s, when they started having frequent car accidents. What happened? It was mandatory seatbelt laws. Right. Because, you know, when we were kids, we used to bounce around in the back seat of the car, <laughs> yeah. no seatbelt on. Yeah, no seatbelt at all. Right. Accidents started to happen, mandatory seatbelt laws and things like that happened. There are common sense gun laws that can be passed right now. Yes. With no, with, with no question about it, you know, mental health checks. You're talking everything, from, like I said, mental health checks. Uh, background checks, things in that manner. Uh, if a person has been Baker Act to, because of a mental illness, should they own a gun? Maybe not. So there's certain things that should be looked at, especially mental health. Right. So there's common sense laws. However, the people that have the money mm-hmm. are the NRA. Yes. Their other. Their other. There are other people that that have a different type of agenda, and they, and and right now those are the ones that are dictating what happens in our state and federal levels. Right, and it has nothing. To, it has nothing to do with the compassion or lack of compassion. Right, for the kids or or, or it really has nothing to do with the Second Amendment. If you really look at the way the Second Amendment is is 
excuse me, is written, uh-huh. the Second Amendment is written just in case for militia. Right. It's talking about muskets and things in that matter. Right. It's not talking. It's not talking about someone having a AR fifteen. Uh, AR fifteen. Right. Walking down the street. Right. But and, you know, having easy access to get into school. Yeah. And you know, so it, it, so when people talk about the, the Second Amendment, I think they really need to read what the Second Amendment is right. and, and the true intent of it. Right. And the governor here, he just passed that law that you can carry concealed carry without a permit. And that's just going to me. It's just making things worse. You know, I, it, I, it I, is. I, yeah, I don't have any problem with people having guns. You know, but now in this day and age, the people are just looking to shoot you for no reason at all. And Correct. and with with that law being passed, it, it it just opens the door for more conflict and more more gun violence and. It, it's just something that you can't turn back once you do something like that. But like you said, people in power, like the NRA and these other special interest groups and what is the Federalist Society and all these things, they have one agenda, and that's remaining in power. Correct. Right. So and how can you, we, we as like me and you, and other men our age, <clears throat> excuse me, other men our age, you know, we're in the twilight, so to speak, of our lives. But the new generation that's coming around, they seem to be more about not walking on eggshells, but crushing them. You know, take it, take for instance the two gentlemen in uh, Tennessee, you know, the, that were expelled. Is this type of is this type of young black men? Is this the type of leadership that we're going to need to help curb the power of the NRAs and these other special interest groups by them speaking out? Well, I don't. I I, I think what's going to be what's what's necessary is not not really. It's one. It, it, we we need smart legislators, right? You know. Uh, it's always good to be full of energy and full of rah rah rah, but right. if there's if, if there's no uh, and if we if don't have no strategy, right, then it's going to fail. And if we don't have any, these people have money. We're not talking rich. Absolutely. We're talking wealth, right? <laughs> so that's the main key because you can buy anything in with power. You can, you know, with wealth, you can buy anything. And like you said, all the rah, rah, rah and the protesting and the marching, it gets us basically some inches where where their money moves them miles, you know. Correct. Right. It, it keeps us out of reach. But I, I guess we're just going to have to see. But the thing is, like I said, the money and that's going that's the biggest problem that I see with our community is the economic value we're we're the consumers and um our neighborhoods are constantly underfunded and our schools are and stuff like that and it, it keeps us in it keeps us in a position of always wanting but never getting getting what we need or what we want right right and and uh but one thing that we have to remember too is that we have to be more involved. We got to be involved with the process. You know, 
we got to be involved with with what's going on at uh, at the local council meetings. Don't just show up when it's election time. Right. Show up. Show up at the at local meetings and see what's really going on in the community. Right. Why Why are these rules in effect? You know. Uh, that's what our problem is. We think if we show up at the ballot, at the at the at the voting booth, then everything is okay. We're going to vote for this person. But what are you really voting for? And why are you voting for that? Right, because you know? it, it's it, it's so many different things that you know we basically a lot of black people, the young people, really got into politics once um, President Obama was in office. That's when it became right. more, more, you know, more of a, oh, wow, okay, cool, you know. But like you said, the local level, from your local level to the federal level and on up, that's how we need to build better things for our community. Okay, now listen, I'm going to keep you on for one more segment, maybe another couple, 15 minutes, but this is getting ready to stop. So I'm going to pause this and we're going to keep recording, okay? Okay. All right. Hold on just a sec. All right. People will be back with the second segment in just a moment.